The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am Summer Sibley Brown and I am filling in for Neville James as host of Analyze This from WTJX FM 93.1 on your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're actually in our Candidate Speak series. Today is a double header. Um, where we interview aspirants and incumbents and, you know, they get 40 minutes to talk about, um, it's kind of a rapid fire, but they get 40 minutes to let you, the listening audience, know who they intend to be in service of us. Um, and in our first hour, we had um, candidate Margaret Price, number 13, from the St. Thomas St. John District, requesting your vote. And in the second hour in studio, hopefully we will have Mr. Julian S. Vera, he um, and he is candidate number twenty-one in the St. Croix district. And so, while we wait for um, candidate Vera to get settled, I just want to, you know, highlight the caller who we ended the first hour with. If you're just tuning in, he was really passionate. St. Thomas, St. John, St. John district, but he was really passionate about the fact that there is difference needed. In, in the legislative body. There is difference needed for us to be able to make good decisions that a monopoly might not get us the answers that we want. Um, candidate Vera is in the house and I look forward to hearing from him. Give me one second, listening audience. I can't see me, but I'm stretching to pass a mic. Sometimes I like to give y'all visuals so you know what's happening up here in the studio. Um, good morning, candidate Vera. Good morning, my sister. How are you? And good morning to your listening. You have viewing audience too? No, we don't have viewing audience yet, but we're coming to come hopefully one day. But we have a good, strong listening audience. Okay, good morning, everyone. My name is Julian Vera, a candidate for the 20, sorry, for the 35th legislature. Yes. So first of all, welcome to the show. Welcome in studio. Um, I We usually start out with giving the candidate a chance to just introduce themselves to the audience for those who may not know you. So tell us a little bit who you are, where you're from, education, experience, um, and why you chose to run. Yes. Good morning again. My name is Julian S. Vera. I was born on the island of St. Vincent. My family and I, meaning my siblings, mom and dad, moved to the Virgin Islands when I was 11 years old. I went to the Lamokle Elementary School. From there, I went to the Elena Christian Junior High School in Christianstead next to the Charles Howard Hospital. And from there, I went to the Central, the St. Croix Central High School, which I graduated from 12th grade. Um, in 19, I think, 85, my father opened a business here in St. Croix. St. Croix Radiator and Auto Service. I've worked in that business as a child. And from high school, I went straight into that business. Um, I'm a mechanic by trade. I also helped run that business as I got older. And as my father got older, I took over that business and run it for, I would say, about 15 years until his passing. 
Then of course other family mem- members came in and forced me out of that situation, which was unfortunate. But um, nevertheless, I'm still here, and I've opened a business at the um, Sand Farm Gas Station, Omega Leather Goods and Things. So I'm saying that I've always worked for myself. I've never been employed by anyone. So that's um, some of the things that I've done as far as finance is concerned. The other things I've done, which is voluntary, I've helped um, Amelia Joseph. Um, I keep, this, this name keeps slipping me. Um, through the Public Defender's Office. Mm-hmm. Um, assisted um, troubled young men, training them in, in the skill of auto mechanics. And also, I'm a long-standing member of the Ethiopian World Federation. I've been president twice at that organization. And uh, we have whole programs within most St. Christ schools that we have gone out during the um, February Black History Month time and educate our children in those schools concerning the heritage, history, and culture, whether it's from Africa or whether it's from within the Caribbean or here in the Virgin Islands. So that's the things that I've done physically. As far as my mental state, um, I was brought up in a Christian home. My mom, my mom was a firm Christian. My father was a, a great provider, I would say. Um, in our home, we couldn't bring anything to our house that uh, our parents didn't give us. Mm. So I was brought up sternly with that understanding that we have to provide for ourselves. Um, though today I'm not Christian, um, that upbringing have, have shaped my understanding fully to understand that human beings, all human beings, are most important before things. Today, I'm a Rastafarian. This um, journey started when I was 21 years old. So I would say Rastafari was also a segue into my understanding today. And um, what this had led me to is investigation of myself and my heritage. Whether it's as far back as creation, if we want to see creation, or as far back as mankind has understood. So we see that... um, we originated in this place called Africa and we were taken from there into the Caribbean and other places through the slave trade. And we have been here prior to that too because we have populated the entire earth. But recently we have been brought here through that um, procedure, the slave trade. And um, what that has led me to investigate is that who I am as a human being, African descendant here in the Caribbean and um, understanding that where our people are today in the Virgin Islands is a is a vital importance I must mention. Um, I see that our people are not in, in I would say not in a good state. Right? And I'm saying that, you know, with, with my understanding of our history and culture, I feel that we can do better for our people here in the, in the Virgin Islands. So I would say you know, that, that's what prompted me for running for the Senate. Seeing that, um, investigating the fact that we have had our own governors and governance here in the Voyage Islands from our people since, since 1970, and it seems that we have gone backwards since then, I see it relevant for me to step forward because I've investigated where we have been, I've investigated how we can make things better here, in the Virgin Islands, and I'm seeing that 
the only way we can really make things better here for our people is by using the natural resources we have here. I'm saying our land, our seas, and most importantly, our people. Our people is the most natural resource we have here, and the individuals that have been leading this territory seem not to understand that, that our people need to be put first, and investing in our people is top priority. So it, it, with, with that understanding, I'm putting myself forward um, to be a candidate and to be a senator, hopefully, in the 25th legislature, to enact the things that I see relevant to move our territory into a different direction. Thank you for that strong introduction. I want, I, I'm looking at your brochure, right? I could see it from where I'm sitting. And on the very front of it, it says mental emancipation. Um, could we talk about what role mental emancipation plays in your platform um, and in what you intend to do when you're in office if you get elected? Yes, my sister. Well, men, mental emancipation is, is the standing of the complete platform, I would say. Because the platform speaks about education, it speaks about finance and banking, which I would, I would go into in detail. It speaks about self-sufficiency and it also speaks about reapportioning the Senate. So, as far as education is concerned, which I know is the most important, not that the other things are not important, but our education is the underlying factor to, what, to everything we do. So, I'm saying that um, the, the perspective from which we have been educated has not been proper, first of all. Because to identify what we're planning to do, I must identify what is wrong. Not that I, I plan to spend much time on what is wrong, because I'm an individual who likes to identify solutions, not just the problems. So as far as our education platform, and I'm saying our because this platform was developed by a few of us. We call ourselves the Ndongo Collective. So it's a few of us that developed this platform. We have been working together from, I would say, February of this year identifying the problems that we have here in the community and identifying solutions to these problems. So we see that education is vital. And um, we plan to develop, not us per se, but we plan to pass legislation with language that would instruct the, um, edu whether the education department or the board of education to develop separate curriculums for different grade levels, meaning separate curriculums from kindergarten to sixth grade and on the junior high level and on the senior level, which means that we know that our students need to understand certain things about themselves at different levels in their education. So this is an Afrocentric understanding, and this is an understanding that we need to get back to, not that we're living in Africa now, but the reality is our humanity is our African understanding. So we need to focus on the majority of people here in the Virgin Islands, which of, which of course is of African descent. So we see that introducing three different curricula and the three different grade levels is vital. We also see that all students that are graduating from high school has to have a trade. Regardless if you, you decide to attend college or not, we see having a trade as a, as a, a fallback or as a next resort, if, if um, what you plan to do is not successful, ultimately you will have another alternative to rely on. 
we also see that with the troubled individuals that we have in our schools right now, uh, students we're talking about, we see it necessary to institute a reform school. And I know that most individuals will say that, you know, reform school, what you all plan to do? Abuse these children? No, that's not, that's not our intention. Our intentions are to analyze each student situation, whether in, with the household or with the, the student themselves, and see how we can best assist these students. And the objective is also to allow the other students that are not problematic to go along learning in a peaceful manner. So this would be a school that the, the students would actually live, a campus that they would live at with strict discipline, with, with, with a reward system, with a merit system that, you know, if you do well, you reward in a certain way, whether it's to go home on the weekends to spend time with your family, or if you do bad, it would be, you know, corrective actions. And um, the, the other part of, of that part of the platform is that we plan to take, the political arena out of the education system. We, 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 we are proposing that we move education out of the governor's stronghold into the board of education, which can properly manage the education system. So that, that's our understanding of education. Um, Ms. Sibley, any questions? I, so, no, I, I do. So one of the, one of the things that we do on um, analysis is we kind of go candidate speaks we kind of go through a bunch of issues right and so you started with education mm -hmm. so i greatly appreciate that um a question i had and i asked miss edwards who also graciously yesterday when she was on she mentioned the indongo the collective action yes that that has been happening and i'm glad you said since february so you all have been planning this late and, and coordinating to ensure that you know if and hopefully some of the slate gets elective, you have partnership yes, within yes. the legislature to drive. So that speaks to the intention of political will. When people hear the word reform, they, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be honest, when people hear the word reform, they might be taken aback, right? And when they hear like, oh, there's a school that you're, go you're going to take my kids to. How do, how as a policymaker, do you intend to help parents um, who obviously need the help and also the students adjust because we have alternative education. We have, we have the Youth Rehabilitation Center. I think what you might be proposing is something different than yes, those two is. existing. Yes, it and is. so helping the listening audience just get a sense of why something different is needed, I think might be helpful. Okay, first of all, I'd like to um, address the alternative school. I mentioned earlier that we visited schools on the island during, I mean, during the uh, February Black History Month through the Ethiopian World Federation. We've, one of the schools we visited was, was the alternative school. And I have to say that the alternative school, I, in my opinion, is a holding space. Because speaking to the children there and speaking to the adults there, there are no rehabilitation programs there for our children. So that the alternative school, I would say, is as I said before, just a holding space. Now addressing the reform school, we must realize that our community is in dire straits. Let me say that first of all, right? And it would take corrective action to deal with the problems that we're having. And it would also take communication with families to understand what we're trying to do 
and to bring them to a facility to show them, you know, the, the facility itself and what we have in place. This is not something that we, we're just trying to chop in the air. It's something that we would involve the community in once we, we're trying to put the full legislation together and ask community members what they think and how they think we should address what we're doing. Yes, this is our plan, but as an advocate for our community, we plan to involve the community, ask questions and ask the advice because the reality is this is not for us. This is for, this is for our community as a whole. So we plan to have communication with the community as to how to put this all together eventually. Thank you for that answer. Um, so we're talking about the platform will have community engagement. Of course. Um, to help determine what it looks like, right? So when people hear it, they don't have to be like, oh my gosh, that's reform is a big word. What we're saying is there's going to be community engagement, conversations. Should any member of the Indongo Collective be given consent to govern, you're talking about constituent work and communication. Yes, yes, of course. Bef we're going to get ready to go to a break, but what I want to, 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 the next conversation we come back from break on, I want to talk a little bit about economic development, finance, and <laughs> banking, where you sit on that, where you see that going. Again, I have the benefit of having the platform in front of me, so I know there are some ideas wanting you to get those out to the public. Um, and we can actually start, like, there's a whole thing that says finance and banking. Why finance and banking? Well, we know that um, to get anything done here or, or worldwide, we need finance. And what we're seeing is that with all the monies that comes into the Virgin Islands and the monies are being put into foreign banks, we don't agree with that. We, we feel that we should have our own banking institution here that belongs to the people of the Virgin Islands that is more local friendly to the people of the Virgin Islands. Some individuals might ask, well, you know, this bank is going to go bankrupt because we plan to give everybody loans. No. The, the reality We're going to pause right here because the music starting. Okay. We're going to pick back up when we're talking about a local bank that will not go bankrupt, people. You're listening to 93.1. I'm Summer Sibley Brown. on with Julian S. Vera candidate number 21 on your ballot, St. Croix District. Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go, and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. Bankofstcroix.com. Good morning, neighbor. I see you got your bumper stickers and your hat sign up only. Yes, I'm so ready for this election season. Me too. Just waiting for the info on the polling places and then ballots. What polling places? You mean voting centers? The election system is using voting centers this year, where you can go anywhere across the island, walk in, fill out a ballot, 
Just bring your ID. Really? Because my daughter lived in Tutu, but walked all the way by the airport and would try to run back home before the sun goes down to vote. Nope. You're no longer stuck to just your neighborhood on election day. Voting centers mean you can vote anywhere in your district. And the next time, try the early voting option too. Skip the line altogether on election day. Girl, you have all the good tips this year, man. So, who's going to win? Ha! Read my yard sign. Then pick any voting center. Just remember... Voting is not just your right, it's the the right right thing to do. A message from the election system of the Virgin Islands. The VI Energy Office and the University of the Virgin Islands Caribbean Green Technology Center are hosting the first VI Energy Fair. There will be outdoor live demonstrations, interactive workshops, and leaders from the community will be on site to discuss what the territory is doing to reduce energy costs. The fair will be held at the UVI campuses from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on St. Thomas on October 15th and on St. Croix on October 30th. For more information about the energy fair, cgtc-usvi.org forward slash energy dash fair. If you are just joining us this morning, we are in the second segment of our second hour of the Candidate Speaks series on WTJX 93.1, your NPR station. I'm Summer Sibley Brown, filling in for Neville James, and I'm on with Julian S. Vera, number 21, on your ballot in the St. Croix, St. Thomas District. Thus far, he's talked a little bit about, you know, who he is moving here um, at the age of 11, going to Lumakul, um, being a mechanic, being an entrepreneur, um, working in the private sector, and then also being a member of the Indongo Collective, working on a working collectively on a platform to address some of the issues since February. Before the break, we were talking about economic development, finance, and banking. And I think we ended on the fact that you were talking on a bank that wants to give loans but won't end up being bankrupt. And so talk to us about finance and banking. So my sister, finance and banking is a, um, a section of our platform. And what we think is that... Um, all the funds that the Virgin Islands obtain from whatever source should be distributed in a bank that is owned by the people of the Virgin Islands to the Virgin Islands government. And what we're saying is that um, bank, we must understand that a bank is a business that, that makes money, right? Yes, they lend money, and yes, they make money through when people pay back their loans through interest. So we're seeing that all the monies, especially the monies that we just got from the federal government has been deposited into banks that, are, that have branches in the Virgin Islands, but that banks that are not owned by the people of the Virgin Islands. So all the interest that is collected from these, by these banks rather, belong to these banks. It doesn't belong to the people of the Virgin Islands. So we're saying that if we have our own banking system here, we can create our own monies here through that banking system. We can be able to finance loans here. This bank would be local friendly. Um, Not that we're going to be giving everyone loans who doesn't qualify, but we'll be looking at individuals that are part of this community that has spent their life here, that, that contributes to this community, that pay their taxes in this community, and especially lower-income individuals that can afford 
to pay a loan because of the history. The banks that we have here now are not local friendly. So we're saying that if we were to have our own bank here in the Virgin Islands, we would be able to provide whether farm loans, whether home loans for houses, for the, for the less fortunate here that may not be at the top of the pay scale level. So by introducing our own bank, we're seeing that this would be possible. Individuals might ask, well, um, this bank might go bankrupt by, by, you know, lending money to each and every one, but that's not our intention. Also, within our finance understanding, we see that our government, through the Organic Act, was promised certain amount of monies by the federal government that we have never collected, right? I'm going to go to the rum cover tax first. From 19, um, I think, 66, we have been collecting $10.50 for the rum cover tax. My question is, hasn't rum increased since 1966? Is the, is the rum cover tax the same from 1966 till now? Or should it be the same from then till 2022, excuse me? Till 2022. And also, what about the other things that we have produced here in the Virgin Islands? The Organic Act states that whatever is, whatever is produced here in the Virgin Islands and shipped to the United States, we will be collecting or we should be collecting the taxes from those goods, meaning all the oil that we have produced here over the years since the 60s, all the aluminum we have produced here since the 60s, so when elected to the 25th legislature, we plan to engage um, the now delegate Stacey Plastic as far as these funds that we should have been collecting since, since in mid-60s and, the, and the fact that the, uh, the rum cover over tax has remained at $10.50 since then and is still so today. Um, we... As, as far as finance and banking is concerned, this is um, a territorial bank is, is not anything strange. The, the state of North Dakota has its own territorial bank, have its own state-owned bank, and this state-owned bank has been very successful in that state of North Dakota. You can do your research on it. We have. And that's, that state-owned bank has been able to assist the residents of North Dakota in, in a great, in a significant way for, for the inhabitants of North Dakota. So we've seen that, you know, our financial situation can change by creating our own bank here and have it run properly here for the people of the Virgin Islands. So in, in your explanation of finance and banking, you talked about those loans to people who don't usually qualify um, for for homes and in the economic development stand, are you also talking about small business? Yes, of course, we're talking about these, this this bank being local friendly as far as our small business, home ownership, farming, whatever. Our our local people have been shut out of foreign banks to obtain. We're talking about affording our local individuals here in the territory, you know, to be able to to um once they provide the, the necessary credential, should be able to obtain loans from our bank. 
Okay, so one of the things that we ask everyone, and I ask everyone, in you mentioned loans for farms. So let's talk about agriculture a little bit. Um, I see there's self-sufficiency on your platform. And for me, food and self-sufficiency go together. And so since you were talking about one of the things the bank could do, I feel like agriculture is a natural transition. If you are elected to the 35th legislature, what is your position on agriculture and how does it tie into your existing platform? My sister, we, we, we plan to introduce a total agriculture industry. We're not saying that we want to introduce little programs here and there with one or two farmers. We are saying that our economy, the St. Croix economy especially, we should base that not solely, but agriculture should be a main part of this economy. We have lands here that government-owned land that is, is presently growing cash and tantan that we can turn into agricultural land. We have done it and enriched other nations here. We have done it and enriched other nations in Europe. We have done it right here in the Virgin Islands. So we see that we can use what we have here, as I mentioned before, a natural resource, which is the water that is around us, the land that we have, and the individuals that inhabit the Virgin Islands which is the main part of our natural resource. And um, I would like to say that within this agriculture plan, uh, water, we know, is a main concern for farmers here in the territory. And it behooves me that we're throwing away about 3 million gallons of water each day, and we don't see where we can use this water for agriculture purposes in the Virgin Islands. And this water is being dump back into the Caribbean Sea at the Anguilla site. This water is what services the public system every day. Because we purchase about 3 million gallons of water each day from um, this company, Seven Seas, that WAPA has employed to, to produce water for us. I don't know why. But um, we are dumping this 3 million gallons of water back into the ocean. We see that we can use this water create an artificial lake someplace in the central part of the island, and we're gearing towards um, the lower part of the Mambiju area, uh, um, close to Frisenberg, where uh, we see that that would be an appropriate place for, the, for this um, artificial lake. And we are planning to introduce um, creatures within that water that would filter it. We're talking about crayfish and mullet that would filter that water naturally. And... Um, Along with that, we're saying that we would introduce a homesteading program which would place families and large portion of land that they can adequately produce food here for us in the fortunes. And I'm saying food, I'm not just saying crop farming, I'm saying whatever agriculture entails, whether it's, it's livestock farming or crop farming. So we're talking about agriculture, industry, totally not just crop farming and um along with the the stuff that i just mentioned we're seeing that we can have our own processing and packaging plant which means whatever we produce here in the virgin islands that we do not that is not consumed right away we can enhance that product or these products process them properly into whatever we they need to be and package them so that we can use here in the Virgin Islands or it can be shipped off island for sale. You, you go to Florida and you would see 
breadfruit in a can from Jamaica. You see farine from St. Vincent in Florida, right? And I don't see why we cannot produce other things here in the Virgin Islands different to rum. And um, as far as agriculture is, is concerned, we're talking about health care, eating good organic fresh food that would go a long way as far as health care is, is concerned. So agriculture is a main part of our of our platform and feeding ourselves is vital so let's talk about because you mentioned health care and so you, you're saying feeding ourselves preventative health care getting the right things into yes, the bodies course. right what if anything, do you think we need to be doing with the existing <laughs> healthcare system? We're talking about, you know, hospitals, um, primary care. Those things are really, you know, those are quality of life issues for Virgin Islanders. I will force it. Probably we need to arrest certain individuals, but I know we're not going to go that route. But I'm saying that our healthcare system has been lacking has been lacking, what I would say, um, can't even find the word, but anyhow, our health our care system, I don't see need new legislations per se. I, I think our health care system actually needs people that know what they're doing mm. as far as the board is concerned. So one, one of my ideas would be putting legislation in place, let me touch this real fast, to ensure that we have proper individuals that are qualified to be on these boards. And I'm saying that for healthcare because I've been listening to individuals through sanitarium that's on the health that's on the board of the hospital that I think is not qualified. So I would say that legislation needs to be put in place, not just for, for individuals on the healthcare board, but across the board. Because we see a lot of individuals in places that are not qualified for the job that they're they're holding. As going back to healthcare, as far as healthcare is concerned, I would say that to, to show up our healthcare systems, we need to have more specialists at the clinics that we're having here in the healthcare system. Because I've spoken to nurses at the, at the clinics that we have, and they're saying that if we were to have more specialists there at the clinics, they can more adequately do what they need to do. So that's one thing I would, I would, I would look to introduce, that we have more specialists in the, healthcare, in the clinics at the healthcare system. Of course... Plans are in place now for the for the hospital that we have. I don't know why the, the the temporary hospital is not open. I guess only a few people know that at this point. But our healthcare system, I don't see need a lot of legislation, but it needs attention and it needs individuals that are, res- are more responsible. We have senators that is we have a senator that's over healthcare and he claimed that healthcare has been his passion. And I have to see him personally to ask him what he means by healthcare being his passion. Because, yes, he cannot make everything happen, but he hasn't been a voice for the, for the common man in the Virgin Islands as far as healthcare is concerned. Because the people on the street doesn't even know what's going on with the healthcare system. Um, so, as far as healthcare is concerned, we, 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 I'm saying that we need to pay more attention to the healthcare system. And I see that to be a problem that we that is happening across the board here in the Virgin with all our institutions, not just our healthcare system. So a lot of legislations I don't see is needed for healthcare to make so, it better. It need work. 
that but that's a that's an interesting um position because when you ask everybody about healthcare there's more policies but you're saying we have policies in place what yes, we need we what we need is to have proper people in you know we need to have qualified people in place to administer the existing policies yes, you don't yes. necessarily see that we need a new set of policies Quickly, let me ask you, what do you think about infrastructure? Because in the self-sufficiency, you said pipe wastewater treatment, like to pipe the wastewater treat from a treatment plant to an artificial lake. Are there other infrastructure things that you think need to be addressed? Uh, as far as infrastructure is concerned, yes, we know that all our roads, right, are in a deplorable condition. And I see that. What has happened over the years is that we have not put our roads on a, on a maintenance schedule. And it seems that we are lacking the understanding that we need to be able to take care of ourselves. And our, plat our complete platform speaks to this, that we as individuals need to understand that we are responsible for our place, our islands, right? And... What I would propose is that all public buildings, all public buildings, all public roads shall be put on a maintenance schedule, right? So that we don't wait until things completely fall apart before we try to address them. Our school system, as far as the buildings are concerned, our public roads, our hospital, our clinics, whatever properties the government own should be put on a maintenance, a strict maintenance schedule so that we don't have to wait until everything fall apart to try and, and, and address them. So let me ask you because as the, this hour or this 40 minutes goes by so quickly, right? Yes, and I, I, <laughs> I want to get to the part of it where we are actually talking about reapportionment because that, that is something that is um, unique on this platform. Um, it's one of the, your collective is one of the only groups that I see forwarding reapportionment as part of their platform. So please talk to us a little bit about that. Well, my sister, reapportionment is vital. The things that we're proposing... If we don't have reapportionment there, it wouldn't change much things in the Virgin Islands. Oh, man. I started you in this question on a break. Sorry about that. As soon as we come back from break, we're going to pick up with reapportionment. And then we'll have Julian S. Vera wrap up and tell you why you should vote for him. Alrighty. El sistema de elecciones de las Islas Vírgenes lo está haciendo más fácil para que tú formes parte de nuestro equipo por medio de nuestro programa de voluntarios. Estamos en busca de personas buenas como tú que puedan proveer a cada votante el apoyo que necesitan para que efectivamente puedan participar en el proceso de votación. Puede comenzar recogiendo y completando la aplicación para voluntarios de cualquiera de nuestras oficinas en el territorio. Usted puede servir como monitor. También tienes la opción de convertirte en un facilitador. 
asegurando que los votantes que están votando por primera vez, los envejecientes y la comunidad de deshabilitados puedan votar con confidencia y acertadamente. Si tienes el tiempo y estás dispuesto a servir, hay un lugar para ti. Solo inscríbete. Si quieres más información, llama al 340-773-1021. Y recuerda, el votar no es solo su derecho, es lo correcto hacer. It's late October, and that means it's time for the Soul Show's Halloween special. Songs of gremlins, voodoo, and fear will befall you. I'm Mike Canton, the host of the Soul Show. Lock your door and join me. Saturday, October 29th, starting at 7 p.m., right here on WTJXFM 93.1. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. And you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. And so we are back from break and we're going to jump in to Julian S. Vera giving him us his platform on reapportionment and then we're going to close out this round. So in the reapportionment section of our platform, we're seeing that it's vital to give each and every citizen in the Virgin Islands their own senator. By that I mean we're planning to divide the St. Croix district into four, the St. Croix Island into four districts, St. Thomas into four districts, St. John into one, well, St. John will be one district. Also, that would make nine senators, sorry. Also, the remaining six senators will be responsible for large issues, which would cover issues like recreation, transportation, healthcare and hospital, um, finance. So what we're saying is that the elected officials would be responsible to the people of the Virgins, to particular industry or to particular sections of your island. So you would know exactly who you can call on if you have problems with transportation, whether it's the ferry system not working, or if Frederickstead is flooding, you would know exactly which senator you can call on. We see this to be vital because right now it's a free-for-all. We see that, you know, you can't call no particular individual when you have a particular problem with a particular industry or in a particular area. So this senator would be the go-between, whether it's public works and you the citizen or the ferry system to transportation and you the citizen that you can call a particular senator. So we see it's vital for each individual in the Virgin Islands to have a representative in a senator. So... Thank you for joining us this morning, candidate Vera number 21 on the ballot. Please remind the folks who you are, why they should vote for you, and your name as it is on the ballot, and your number. My name is Julian S. Vera. My number is 21 on the ballot. And as far as why vote for Julian Vera, we have voted in the past for individuals who are specialists in healthcare, as in governors. We have voted for individuals who are specialists in education system, 
or in the in the in the law enforcement system and look at look where we are today i feel we need to understand individuals and where their mind is at which is vital my understanding is the people of the vojnan should be placed first the people that inhabits this place that cause this place their home should be our top priority and thus if you understand that as a senator what else what whatever laws you try to enact will reflect the fact that you understand that the people are first and the fact that we can do for ourselves here in the Virgin Islands. I thank you for listening again. My name is Julian Esvera. I'm number 21 on your ballot. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure having you in studio today listening audience. It was a pleasure being here. We are here at the end of today's Candidate Speak series. If you have comments, questions, thoughts, if you feel so motivated, if you just want to say shout out Summer, give me a call at 3407180761 or 3407184555 and be my counterpart today since Neville is away someplace hopefully sleeping late and we we here we're here talking about the 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 politics, the future, the the election cycle that we are in in the virgin islands again candidate speaks is to highlight um it's a 40 minute highlight of the candidates that we have for you to consider to give your consent to govern and it's really critical that you're listening out i, I going keep saying it it going be like you know um i want to say just kind of just like the redundancy hopefully you're hearing it you are voting and considering critically who are the leaders you want to put your consent on to say this person represents me or will represent me well this person has my values my children's values my community's values this person has the ability and the skill to build consensus to work as a whole this person is truly serving the people this person has a love for the virgin islands this person has a future vision that i believe in right i have multiple reasons people vote this person has the requisite skill or understanding of finance or you know those specialty areas when you are building your slate or your reason for voting for a person i am hoping while we have while we have no desire to influence who you vote for we want to influence that you are a educated electorate and that you've taken the time to build out those choices carefully and that after your vote because november 9th begins the real work of holding accountable well actually in january so if we got from november 9th to january this swearing in to prep ourselves as is electorate to look at who we have put in place what were their platforms what were their priorities and devise a plan of accountability right so when 2023 rolls around we as the electorate don't think that our job ends at the ballot box our job continues we should be in relationship with our elected officials we should be attending town halls we should be calling their offices we should be writing letters we should be in conversation and communication constituent work is so funny this is the first time constituent work me we have work as constituents yes the elected are so come out to seek us but we also have to share our views and make sure that hey when we see them when we call them 
you know, good job on the Senate floor. Let me tell you what I loved and let me tell you what I think you could have done better, right? And or or I want to hold you accountable to the platform that you were running on because that's why I gave you my vote. And not just in a way where we're complaining, but actually how we are collectively not just giving the responsibility to the to the body, but how we as a community are actually moving some of these intractable, vexing, long-standing problems forward is together, 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 together. And so I enjoy the candidate speaks because it gives me, you know, I'm lucky enough to be in studio with people. I'm lucky enough to be on the phone and, and I get to ask my questions. But really, I also get to take my notes. And as I build my roster, I'm paying attention to the questions that I want to ask post-election. And then there's a whole other place of when people aren't elected, Right when the election don't happen, I mean when they don't get the seat, where are they in your community after? Right, because I I, I mean you know they give me a spotlight on a mic, so I'm just gonna say it. Sometimes we see people run for office, they don't get elected, and they disappear for the two or four years. For me, and this is the part of the disclaimer that says the views represented by the host are not that of WTJX. This is summer talking, right? For me, I'm always wondering how it is you could pop up for my vote. But we have these issues and I don't see you any other time. When you're not campaigning, you might, you're not here. You're not visible. Then nine months that year before your campaign, before election cycle, all of a sudden you're to everything, you're running programs, you're helping cheer and you're walking the elderly. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I don't say this lightly. We as a community have to start thinking if this is a public service position, what is the integrity, what is the character, and what is the commitment to service that those who seek office and those who are in office truly hold, right? We, for me, I can't say we, for me, that is critical. Not where you stand when you are elected or when you on the legislative floor or when you in government house or when you in the Congress person chair, those things, those are the highlights that we see that are now part of your job. I actually want you, I actually want to know where you stand in the trenches in your everyday life. How are you showing up in the Virgin Islands? And I public service isn't easy. You know, to, to become a senator, to be a governor, lieutenant governor, delegate, commissioner, to hold office or any leadership position isn't easy. But that's what you're signing up for, <laughs> right? I, I run a nonprofit. It's not easy. But at the end of the day, I signed up for it, right? So while I accept and pray for grace i also understand that the fire is mine too because you can't just be a leader when things working and then when things ain't working you're not there to take the accountability for the position that you asked for that you lobbied for that you even if somebody asks you to do it that you said yes to and so for me you know i am looking for leaders who demonstrate outside of their position that they, they serve this community, that they stand with people, that they, that they care about what is happening to Virgin Islands. And it's not just what you do, but the quality, the how you do something also matters. And those are like, you know, I told you this week while Neville was away, you know, you'd get to know me a little better. And, and on Monday, I started with this whole intro of myself. So this is in this wrapping up, 
of this hour this is really like my views and the my personal position on on voting and if you want to call in and share your personal position on voting you can call in on 340-718-0761 or 340-718-4555 and you can tell me why you vote how you vote who you know what is what is driving behind what qualifications you look for what what makes you confident in a leader what makes you say that because sometimes hmm, confidence in a leader is important and confidence and agreement don't mean the same thing so i also think that that's something you know as we elect people to office every decision they make you may not understand it may it could actually be opposite to where you stand but when you trust a person integrity when i give you my vote and i say i trust that you vetting this then we could dis- we can agree to disagree in this moment because you are doing something interesting. And I have a caller. Good morning, caller. Good day, Mr. Billy. Good day. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? All right. I'm just listening to your chat on the radio. You're sounding real nice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are on air now? Yeah, we are on air. You are on air. The listening audience is ready to hear and receive you. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, all these people who are running for re-election or who've been in there before needs to get zero votes. Anybody who elected anybody or who re-elected anybody is in office right now, insane. Last night I drive on the highway to drive with no lights, zero lights on the highway. It's, in- it's insane. So It's insane. And where are these people now who's going to speak out and say, hey, we need to get these lights on the highway fixed. None of our elected leaders are talking about that. But yet we go stand up to the side of the road and, and vote for these people. So what I'm hearing, crazy. what I'm hearing you say, sir, is that we need to be listening for leaders who are paying attention to infrastructure, people who who want to, even as you prepare to vote, right? Because the candidate speaks is there is a problem. There we, there needs to be solutions out there. You know, analyze this is about numbers and solutions. And what you're saying is that. One of the solutions that we need to be looking at is who who's a pay, who has attended to our infrastructure needs. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in. And that's something that we're going to put out there. Who's paying attention to infrastructure? That's why, that's why that is one of the questions that we ask. I think I hear in all of your back on Holland. We might have another caller. Good morning. Is this is good morning? Thank good you for morning. calling in. Uh, hello, I'm a registered in a party, Democratic Party. I would like to know because I'm a Democrat, you know, I vote for the party or I can vote individual. This is so you're saying that you are a registered Democrat. Uh-huh. And as a registered Democrat, you're asking the question, do you have uh-huh. to hold party lines when you vote? Is is that you? Yeah. Um, you want my opinion or you want to, or I feel it's like you My opinion. I get very confused with many people asking me, I'm a hypocrite because I'm not voting for the party line. And they're like chastising me when I'm doing that. So I'd like to ask you that question. 
Um, so first of all, let me say a disclaimer. I am not registered to any party. From the time I was 18 years old, I chose um, just to just be independent, independent. Um, because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure. I was very young. I wasn't sure which party best represented my views and values. And truthfully, Raymond Williams said on the radio, many people go get their um, election voting ID because they need an ID. And that is exactly why I went to the board of elections that day is because I needed an ID that said I was an adult. So, but for me, I am quite nonpartisan. I in my role as an independent, I chose to be an independent because I want to have the ability to vote for who I best feel will do the job. And that often for me is, is well, you know, in the Virgin Islands, people will say we only really have one party. The predominant party is a Democratic Party. But I want wow. to vote for the candidate that I feel represents the ability to address the issues and we had a caller earlier who called in and he talked about opposition and, and, and what opposition competition does in terms of idea making, right? Too much sameness does not produce innovation. And we have problems here that actually need innovative um, resolves, innovative solutions. I think we also have problems here that difference is a major part of and I think that difference also speaks to increasing accountability so for me the short answer then is I think a person should regardless of their affiliate party affiliation you should be seeking to vote towards the values of the party and those values could be embodied in other people um the music coming on, which means that's the end of the segment today. But I feel that was a beautiful conversation to end the segment on. Thank you for calling in. Listeners, this is WTJX 93.1 Analyze This Candidate Speak Series. And I will be back tomorrow filling in for Neville James. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. From the terrifying to the beautiful. I was in Tanzania studying chimpanzees. To the comforting. I'm with two award-winning chefs from Slovenia. To places lived and places unknown. In this small village in West Africa. We start in Jamaica. Check in with New Zealand footballer. South, South Africa's The US and the EU. In Myanmar. In the UK this month. To all parts of the world. The BBC World Service. Starting at 2 a.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. We stand on the shoulders of the women who came before us. Women who were told they were bad with money. Women who couldn't even get a credit card without a man co-signing. Women who fought for their own financial futures. And now it's our turn to lead the way. Join us at WeSaySaveIt.org. Where women of all ages and all budgets are learning how to save for retirement. You work hard. You make money. Now make that money work for you. Invest in yourself at WeSaySaveIt.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council.